938. You're listening to the Pensacola Expert Panel. I'm Jenna Bart. Would love to hear your questions, hear from you this morning. If you'd like to ask a question, Travis Thompson is here with Climate Tech of Professional Air. Actually, he's not here. He's calling in because of, you know, craziness. He's just still working hard. But taking a break on the phone to call into the Pensacola Expert Panel and answer your questions. So text them in 850-437-1620. He'll be here till about 10 o'clock. So make sure you squeeze in questions. We do get busy. If you would like to call anytime to Climatech, 850-857-4700 or visit them online, climatechproair.com or on Facebook and Instagram. So Travis, are you doing all right today? Yes, ma'am. Just a little little crazy morning, but we're going to get through it. How about you? We Yes. I mean, I, I'm i here. I'm missing your pretty face, but that's okay. Uh, I love that you're still committed <laughs> <laughs> to pep talk, and um, you're still here to answer questions because you know that we get a lot of them uh, when you're in um, – in on the panel so first before we jump in i actually wanted um and i had planned this morning for you to share a little bit about Climatech and uh some of your services and what you offer uh with Climatech. sure um we do we're, we're kind of a split business as far as commercial residential goes um we do a lot of residential um that's kind of what we started our business on so it's something we've always tried to keep the the heart of our business uh, but we do do commercial applications uh, we do everything from new construction commercial to commercial repair um, also do service contracts for both so while we have service contracts available for the homeowner that we may do twice a year visits we have different things for the commercial that maybe they want us once a month to come in and do the filters and everything that needs to be done so that it's totally hands-off for the owner. Um, others have us come in almost like a residential where we come in twice a year, clean things, check drains, check refrigerant levels, things like that. And they may have a maintenance person that takes care of the filters or whatever else may need to do on a more regular basis. Um, the, you know, looking at cost analysis for different commercial buildings, ways to save money. Uh, we've done that quite a bit as well. There's there's a lot of things that commercial uh, kind of overlook, I think, because the commercial bills and utility bills are higher than residential bills, and sometimes they go overlooked for a while, and then later realize that some small changes that may not cost all that much money can save a lot of money, and that's direct to the overhead of the, the business. So, uh, things like that are something that I really enjoy doing, kind of digging into things like that, because a lot of times it is air conditioning related. Sometimes it's not, but it's kind of an investigative thing that, that we can do and, and see if we can save money for commercial as well as residential. Yeah, we like to save money these days. It's always just the first thing in our brain, <laughs> I feel like. So um, we do we do keep that in the forefront of our mind, but um, we already do have a couple of questions coming in. I promise I will get to them, but there are ways to save money too. I know that we are at the peak of hurricane season and heat and rain. And, and so it kind of also seems like we can't just put all the pressure on our AC to keep us at kind of a ridiculous uh, cooling 
temperature, right? And we've talked about this before, which right. leads us into our first question. Is um, It seems as though my AC will only stay running and keep the house cool if I keep it at 70 or below. Is that a problem with refrigerant? Is that a problem with the coil? What is going on? The first thing that comes to mind when I see that and we hear that a lot is more than likely the humidity in the house is high. Um, with a higher humidity level in the house, let's say we're in the upper 50s or even in the 60, mid 60%, that 70 degrees is going to feel warmer than 70 degrees that's dry. And another indicator there is if the air conditioner cuts off and immediately you feel clammy, um, just sticky, just doesn't feel comfortable unless the air is actually blowing, that's a very good indicator that the moisture levels are high. And in most cases, that's where we find oversized air conditioning equipment. So because the air conditioning system can go to 70 is one indicator that it's probably a little bit too big for the house because they're not really designed to do 70. But if the air conditioning system was sized properly, 73, 74 starts to feel like that 70 that the customer is about. And not only then are we having a more comfortable and healthy house because we don't have the moisture that can cause mold and all this other bad stuff to happen, respiratory issues, all that. We have a smaller energy bill because we're running a smaller unit and we're maintaining a moisture level where we can keep the temperature set a little bit higher. So everything about a perfectly sized system is better for the house, better for the energy bill, better for the homeowner, and that's what it sounds like. Of course, I'll be glad to go out and take a look at it, um, but that's what it sounds like based on what you're saying there. Okay, very good. Uh, 850-437-1620. I'm a first time homeowner homeowner. I've lived in our house for about six to nine months here and there. And uh, it, I haven't ever had the ducts clean. Do you recommend having ductwork cleaned when you first buy a home? No, not necessarily. Um, it is something you could have inspected, looked at. Mm-hmm. Um, but typically, I don't recommend just cleaning duct on a regular basis. Um, Ductwork is, for the most part in our area, it's going to be ductboard insulation, which is a a metallic foil on the outside and a fibrous ductboard on the inside. And if we just keep running brushes in there and cleaning it over and over again, uh, we can actually cause some of those fibers to start coming loose. It's just not something you would want to do on a regular basis, only if it's needed. So if you had an extremely dirty duct system, you may want to have it clean. If you had a duct system that had a really bad odor, there may be needs for cleaning it. Um, But as a general rule, we like to inspect the duct system, and 99 times out of 100, or pretty close to that, we find that the coil and the filters have captured the majority of the dirt, mold, and things that are in the system. So the one thing I would recommend having checked is the coil, because that's typically the most overlooked thing And the coil not only will catch all of the dirt, mold, and stuff that goes through the filter, it blocks the airflow. Mm. So then your system's not working there as efficiently as it should. It's not removing moisture like it should. So you usually get a lot more bang for your buck having your coils nice and clean 
And then while we're there, we can inspect the duct system just to make sure nothing is bad that, that may need cleaning because there are cases where it does need to be done. I just don't randomly say do it on a, a selective basis or a time basis. Okay, very good. Um, yeah, you kind of like wonder, like, you know, you don't see it. And so you assume there's something, yep. you assume the worst, right? And if you see ads at yeah, all, right? Right. If you could imagine, I mean, your filter, and, and that's what your duct system has everything that gets through your filter. So your filter is stopping the majority. And, and every house is different depending on what kind of filter they run, how good their filter system is. But right behind that filter, when we're running air conditioning, which we do nine months out of the year or more, you've got a wet, dripping wet coil that has very small openings. So any dirt, dust, mold that gets through that filter, the majority of it is going to get stuck and trapped on that wet, cold surface. And that's where it's going to live until it's cleaned off. And unfortunately, as it gets collected there, it's actually starting to block airflow as well as it's a really good environment for mold growth. That's where we find the majority of the mold in the systems that we service is on that coil. And those mold spores, they get in that wet, dark environment, no sunlight, plenty of moisture. It's a perfect growth habitat for the mold. And that's where you get a lot of that growth. So my number one concern as a new homeowner would be having the refrigerant levels checked and having that coil checked to see, you know, is it, is it dirty? Can it just be lightly cleaned? Does it need to be completely pulled out, cleaned really well, put back in? That would definitely be more my focus for a new homeowner moving into that home and, and making sure all that stuff was right. And then, of course, just having the ductwork looked at. Yeah, of course. I mean, it doesn't hurt to have it looked at is what Travis is telling you too. So, you know, it doesn't mean just go ahead and, and pay and, and sign up for a cleaning. You can have the inspection done and then go from there, but make sure that that coil is what's clean and what's working. Uh, here's another question for you, Travis. And if you would like to ask your question uh, with Travis Thompson from Climatech of Professional Air, you can text in 850-437-1620. Or go online, climatechproair.com, and you can schedule service or uh, call them at 850-857-4700 if you have a more complex problem you would like them to take a look at. Uh, where did this question go? Oh, here it goes. Uh, what is the best and easiest way to check my refrigerant myself in my AC system? Uh that one's complicated because you do have to have a calibrated set of gauges, uh, a set of pressure gauges that you know function correctly, and they're they're made for the refrigerant you have. So back years past, we all used our 22 refrigerant. Our gauges changed when we went to the 410A refrigerant to read higher pressures. So you would have to have a set of gauges that is not only calibrated properly, but made to to check that refrigerant. And then you would have to have a couple of fairly accurate temperature probes to check the lines. So you would actually check the, the temperature of the lines at the outdoor unit. Um, that is the, the correlation between pressure and temperature is where we come up with the superheat and subcool levels that we're looking for to make sure that a, a system is charged properly. So I don't know many homeowners that could do this themselves. I'm not saying they can't, right. but it just takes some fairly specialized equipment that's fairly expensive for somebody to buy just for a one-time you know, checking. But if you had the, the equipment, that's what you would need. You would need the, the accurate temperatures on those outdoor lines, 
either with a pipe clamp or some type of thermistor and then or uh, a temperature probe and then you would have that just the accurate gauges that could read that pressure okay and so maybe not so much a diy type of project to just be careful the first time maybe yeah generally speaking no because even the refrigerant you know, we, we have to be careful. When you when you screw your refrigerant line onto your higher side, your higher pressure, that pressure is well over 350 PSI pressure. And when you take that line off, you're going to get refrigerant blowing out of that line, even if it's just for a second. And that stuff can get on your skin and burn you quickly. Um, and when I say burn, it's actually freezing your hands. Um, but it's it's not fun. I mean, it's something that I definitely would not recommend somebody just go try on their own. Um, but I'm willing to answer the question. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just sounds very technical. Oh, and I'm, that's too big for my britches. <laughs> that's what I'm going to say for me. Um, I'm okay with just having somebody who knows how to do it take a look at it. Uh, so please, if you would like to schedule just even an inspection or a service, um, please reach out to Travis and his team, 850-857-4700. I can send over the number to you or the link if you would like. I can go ahead and get that to you. A um, couple other questions coming in. Oh, here's one. How do I know if I have a heat pump or a furnace? Okay. Um, well, a furnace is red. That's speaking like gas heat. Um, mm. So the easy way there would be look, if you can see the indoor section of that unit, you could look at it and see if it has a gas line connected to it. That's mm-hmm. going to be a furnace. Um Heat pumps can look a lot like air conditioners um, in that the air handlers themselves are the same. The thermostat for a heat pump is going to have an emergency heat setting. So you're going to have a cool, an off, a heat, and an emergency heat. So if you don't have that emergency heat setting, that would also be an indication that you more than likely had an AC or a furnace. trying to think of other ways i mean it's it's hard to describe what a reversing valve would look like in your outdoor unit and some of them you can't see regardless even if you knew what you were looking for um but that's probably the two easiest ways i mean if you can't see your indoor unit you can look at that thermostat um and and see if you've got that emergency heat setting because if you've got that that is indicating you have a heat pump okay um a follow-up question what is the average lifespan of a heat pump just as a rough ballpark, I would say 15 years. Um, oh. That's kind of a, uh, over, you know, that's that's very general. Um, but, I, I mean, I've seen them go barely past 10. If you get out right on the salt water or if they're not maintenanced at all, um, I've seen them go not long past 10 and be dead. I've seen them go to 20-plus years and even longer than that um, as far as they're running but then it becomes a question of when are you starting to throw good money after bad? Because at a certain point, they start to get so inefficient that you're probably not doing yourself any favors. It's like hanging on to an old car that gets, you know, six miles to the gallon. It, that's kind of where you start to get to with that, and uh, you can start just throwing good money at bad. Okay. All right. Um, real quick, a follow-up with that. Um, how easy is it to replace and on average, how much is, does it cost to replace a heat pump? I'm not even sure how old mine is, is in parentheses. Uh, 
Yeah, no, the average is going to be really hard to say because your size is going to make a big difference. So if you've got mm-hmm. a ton and a half or a two-ton versus a five-ton, that's a big difference in price. And then it's the efficiency level is also going to change dramatically how much it costs to install the unit. Just for, I mean, rough ideas here, and this is like from one very end of the spectrum all the way up to the other, you can go anywhere from five six thousand dollars all the way up to over twenty thousand dollars depending on what you want to do there's zoning equipment there's the really high efficiency equipment there's special filters i mean it's a very broad range and i say it jokingly talking to customers but it's kind of like saying how much is it to buy a car these days (laughs) what do you want to buy what features do you want it really has gotten that um overwhelming really to a lot of homeowners that there's so many choices out there um and that's a discussion that i like to have with customers because it takes a little bit of that one-on-one talking to that customer learning what they're looking for what their budget is how long are you going to live in the house there's a lot of those questions that i like to go through to kind of hone in and then just kind of narrow that down for the customer and maybe give them five or six choices as opposed to a hundred and just overwhelming somebody Okay, excellent. It's about 9.55 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. I'm Jenna Barr. If you'd like to text in a couple more questions before we wrap up our time in about four minutes here with Travis Thompson from Climatech, you can text in 850-437-1620 to the Pensacola Expert Panel. Or if you'd like to contact Travis directly, go to climatechproair.com or call anytime at 850-857-4700 and click on the schedule service now tile. Uh, Here is a question. Oh, and I'd like this one i am new to pensacola i noticed on my ceiling the other day that they there are rust stains around a vent on the ceiling what causes that and how do i fix it wow i feel like i should let you answer no don't do it (laughs) you're gonna say something i'm kidding i'm kidding kidding. oh that was Um, good no this is one and and the reason I said that is we looked at something similar to this in your home. Mm-hmm. I, my my guess would be that when that grill was installed, there is a gap around the boot. The boot is the part of the ductwork that terminates into the sheetrock up above the sheetrock. The boot is actually cut into the sheetrock in a rectangular hole, typically, and then the grill is placed on from underneath, and the sheetrock's kind of sandwiched between the boot and the grill. When that grill's taken down, most times in that case, we find that there's a gap between the boot and the sheetrock, and we go in and fill that gap with a air seal of some sort, and then put the grill back in. Of course, clean up all the stuff while we're there. And most of the time, that fixes the problem. Um, The only other thing that we see that's similar to that, if that boot is sealed, or it's even close to sealed, is if there is a sealing penetration near that boot, say a exhaust fan in a bathroom, an LED light that was cut into the sheetrock, maybe an exhaust fan in your kitchen. Hot air can come into those gaps and get to that cold grill and create condensation just like a cold Coke can sitting on your counter. Mm -hmm. It'll condensate. That cold grill will do the exact same thing if we let that moist hot air come in, any of those tight penetrations around that grill. But one of those two things is more than likely going to be the culprit. Okay. Um, can you repair this problem? Sure, absolutely. Oh. Um, d- depending on which one it is, but there are solutions for either one. 
and if they'll give us a call, we'll be glad to come out and look at it and, you know, figure out which one of the problems we believe it is to give you a price to come out and repair it. Yeah, and when somebody says that they're new to Pensacola, I mean, you're learning an entirely new climate, you're in a, a new way to That's live, right. a, a new way to cool and heat your house and go with the seasons. And, you know, if you're not used to this heat, how to, you know, kind of acclimate indoors with your thermostat and not beat down your, your AC, right? There's, it's a whole lot of learning and a whole right. lot of adjusting, especially if you move uh, into this area from a completely different zone. So, Climatech is here for right. you. Please go online, climatechproair.com or call anytime, 850-857-4700. I'm going to attach the link here. I've got a couple of people texting in. Can I go ahead and get the number from you? Absolutely. I'm texting that on over. Anytime that you would like a link to something or one of our experts' phone numbers, just text it in and I'll text it right on over to you. And Travis is here for you. Uh, Travis, I want to thank you for calling in today on the road, literally, or on the side of the road. <laughs> no, thank you. Well, I, I literally was just a few minutes ago. It's a funny story, but I won't bore you with it. Okay, you got to tell us but, next yeah. time, all right? That's right. All right, Travis, I'll talk to you soon. Be safe and take care. Again, climatetechproair.com, 850-857-4700.